right. Good morning. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Blockument. Crypto education through everyday conversations. That is right. That's right. My name is Nate Talbot. I am the executive director of Detroit Blockchain Center. And with me to my right is... Ashley Rose. I am your everyday mother. I'm a reseller and I am on a journey to figure out what all of this crypto stuff is about. That's right. How's that journey going? Um, it is. It's going. It's going. That's for sure. It's... It's overwhelming uh -oh. at times, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're just little bit by little bit, we're moving the ball here. All right. We're about uh, close to six months in. You think you learned anything more, or you uh, still feel like you're lost in the sauce? Um, it's kind of like when you, the more you learn, the more you don't know. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I definitely still feel a bit lost in the sauce, um, especially when I'm talking to people who know a significant amount um but i do feel that i know more if that makes sense like i know more but i also have a lot more to go all right all right sweet sweet so we've been doing a local time cast right and we'll figure yes. out what time it is according yes. to block height according yep. to the bitcoin block height so uh, fill us in. Where are we at? So our current block height is 780,483. Um, Foundry USA won that block, and their total subsidies and fees that they won were $129,904. Um, and uh, the size of that block was 3.74 megabytes, or as he told me this morning, megs. That's right. <laughs> so... Let me ask you this before we get into our topic to the day. Yes. We're, we're going through the block size stuff. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the size real quick. What does that mean? You say it's 3.74 megs or megabytes. Um, that is like the volume that each of the transactions takes up. Um, of size. Sort of, yeah. It's their size, right? That's my guess. So with, with Bitcoin and with, uh, with most of them, you're paying for... Um, your transaction, either computational power or size. So with Bitcoin, you're paying for the size of the transaction. If I send you, um, you know, a thousand dollars, that transaction, the the um, the code will mm -hmm. take up a certain size. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm sending you ten thousand dollars, and maybe that's coming from a couple different UTXOs. We won't get too into the. <laughs> details now that can be the answer for a future show but um that makes the size bigger the file size is there bigger. like an average size per transaction or is it like just all over the board no it depends on what you're doing with it mm -hmm. this is that uh currently this day and age if you're listening to the show around this block height the uh ordinals and inscriptions are a big thing mm -hmm. right basically nfts on bitcoin um and that's what's taking up so much block size Right, so our blocks are 3.74 megs right now. Mm -hmm. um, Bitcoin is really designed to only keep two megs, right? Okay. But we have per block. Per block. Okay. Um, but there's some trickery, you know, in the coding and whatnot. And during the block size wars, they decided to, uh, as a compromise, add this thing called SegWit, which sort of doubled the block size. Okay. Which allows you to do b bigger blocks. It's so like something the, we don't want to get into, just, just nope, know it. No, nope, okay. but when you say 3.74, that's pretty full, because right now with SegWit, 4 is sort of the max. 
So we have okay. full blocks. And the hope is with a full block, we pay enough fees to pay the miners and keep them honest. Mm. So just a little bit of what we were getting into. Size, when we're talking about that, the block size. Basically, $130,000, hopefully that's enough money to keep them honest. I don't know, it's a lot of money. It is, but a lot of that subsidized, and we'll get into that maybe the next show, what the okay. fee means. <laughs> yeah. All right? Okay. But today's actual topic is, what's your question for the t- for today? What is Web3? What is Web3? Yeah, I hear all this talk about it, and I'm like, mm-hmm, y- yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. So you feel like you're semi-accomplished. <laughs> I think there's people who've been in the space for a decade plus, and they st- Act the same way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, so, from what you've gathered in the little side conversations you've had about it, what uh, what is Web three to you? What do you think it is? Um, you know, I was thinking about that as I was driving in here, and I'm like, wow, I really don't have a great answer. <laughs> um, I I I would guess that it is um, more. I I don't know, like the Internet of of value, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, again, I think that's a pretty popular answer. I don't think most people know. They'll say it all day long. Yeah, I know it's like correlated with. I think the metaverse. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like bringing things to li- like, bringing the internet to life. I don't know. That's my guess. All that's right. What I got. I'm not phoning a friend. I, I I don't think, <laughs> although it was a very nondescriptive answer, I don't think you were far off from the popular answer. Um, let's let's take a little trip down history, right? Nice. So you had Bitcoin, and Bitcoin just did Bitcoin, right? It did money transactions. Yeah. I want to send party A. Alice wants to send Bob some money. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what Bitcoin does. Um, Vitalik came along. Vitalik Buterin, the mm-hmm. um, one of the. Ethereum guy, um, and wanted Bitcoin to do a little bit more. He thought you could actually do this programming called um, Turing Complete Programming, which really is just a fancy way to say you can make a computer, instead of just saying telling a computer to say, uh, add this number plus that number, mm-hmm. um, you can do fancier type of calculations like if this, then that, so mm. some logic, mm-hmm. right? If uh, party A does this and party B does this, then do this. Mm-hmm. And if only one of them do it, rerun it again. You can do these complicated instructions. Is that considered like, this is off subject, but is that considered like a smart contract? Is that what that is? Well, that's what smart contracts are built okay. off of, right? Um, like, this is just like computer science. This is okay. not nothing blockchain specific, okay. right? This is just basic computer science mm-hmm. stuff. If you want a Turing complete computer that does more than just add really, really fast, mm-hmm. um, you have to build in some kind of logic, and the most complete logic is called Turing Complete Logic, and that's what Vitalik wanted Bitcoin to be able to do. Bitcoiners are like, nah, there is some coding language, but it's not Turing Complete. You can do basic operations, but not not enough to be like, this is a computer, right? Okay. Um, and that's why Ethereum was started. It's like, all right, if I can't build it on Ethereum, I'll go build it separately. On um, Bitcoin, right? If I can't build it on Bitcoin, I'll go build it someplace else, and that's the sort of the birth of Ethereum. Mm. Um, in a nutshell, um, and that allows you to do smart contracts, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. and smart contracts are turning complete, and that allows you to build what we call DApps, decentralized applications, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have an app on your phone. It is what it is. Um, 
that is traditional web, but now you can have that app sort of work trustlessly, theoretically, right? Okay. If you're using, uh, is there any app you use on your phone right now sort of popular, any games or messaging or social <laughs> or whatever? Um, well, I use, I guess, Facebook right. or Turo. Let's, let's go with Facebook. So you're doing Facebook. The thing is, that's an app, but everything you're doing on Facebook is deterrent on Facebook, the company, allowing you to do it. Right. 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 And they have that common infrastructure, so you're using Facebook servers, you're using Facebook programming, you're using Facebook everything. Right. So imagine using Facebook without the Facebook company, right. without Meta now, yeah. the company, right? Um, that's, what web, that's what decentralized apps are. It runs, maybe Mark Zuckerberg had built a smart contract and then launched it, but mm -hmm. once it's launched, there is no changing it, there is no censoring it, there is no, it is what it is. Whatever it is when you launch it, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And so if everybody interacts with that application, that decentralized application, yeah. it's there forever. So censorship starts to go away, um, you know, permissionless, if you're built on the right kind of system. How would something like that run? Would that just be like a network? Like how, it, how how Bitcoin is is like networks running everything like like you yeah. have a, a node to run Facebook, and you sh and I have a node to run Facebook. And yep, and everybody's node sort of keeps it. And every time you do a transaction, now here's the downside, right? If you're doing um, sloppy design, especially, and didn't put a lot of thought into it, um, every time you do something, just like we talked about with the block height earlier, with the size, right? Mm -hmm. It's based off of what you're doing. So same thing with Ethereum. When you're paying fees on Ethereum, right, mm -hmm. you're paying for what you're doing. And that includes every operation that smart contract makes. Every time it goes, if this, then another thing, mm -hmm. that can call another contract, that can raise your fee. So maybe your fee for just one call is 30 cents. But in order to make a Facebook, oper Facebook type operation happen on a smart contract, you might have to call 100 different functions and each if each one of those is 30 cents mm -hmm. so 100 times 30 cents right you're paying like 30 bucks for uh just a post like oh. something on facebook so it becomes <laughs> it becomes expensive because expensive you got to pay the fee right right if you don't have the fee then people can spam the network uh you can have malicious attacks you don't have any incentive for the decentralized network the miners or validators yeah. to you know produce new blocks so you got to have a fee in there. Um, so it can get sloppy and dangerous, and that's why you haven't seen, like, any successful versions of a Facebook or Twitter or whatever on, um, on Ethereum. Plus, you got to store all the stuff, and then storage is a whole other And ball game. so is what we're talking about, <clears throat> decentralized apps, is that Web 2? Nope. That was the introduction to Web 3. So when the term Web 3 first popped along... Well, I meant Web, I meant web, web, web 3, 3, but... Yeah. Okay, is there... Okay, also, is there a Web 2 and 1? Yep. So <laughs> the, the answer I hate to hear the most, mm -hmm. right? The generic answer that people give who don't really understand what they're saying, you'll hear them say something like, well, Web, web 1 was right only. Right? You could write, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can make a blog, but there was no commenting. There was no nothing else. Yeah. Web 2 was read and write, mm -hmm. right? So you can, um, well, Web 1 is read only. Web 2 is write, so you can you know, start writing and interacting. Web 3 is read, write, and own or something like that. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, it's because what everybody says. <clears throat> well, 
what does that mean? Yeah, like nothing. Know. It's garbage. Um, at its very core, there's truth to it, but it's it doesn't matter if it's meaningless, you know, babble that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So Web3 is the first web iteration with a number that happened before it ever came out, right? Like when, when Web1 came around, nobody called it Web1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when they upgraded Web with a lot of JavaScript and allowed a lot more interactivity mm-hmm. with it, they didn't call that Web2. They were just like, this is the newer version. So now the old stuff that was used just like HTML, yeah. that was Web1. And now this is the Web. Right? Okay. Now you got a lot of, especially like VCs and people trying to sell something. Um, this dream of what the future could be. Mm-hmm. So now they've deemed it Web3, mm-hmm. calling the current Web Web2. Centralized Web is Web2. The decentralized Web is Web3. That's sort of the sloppy, loose definition. But there's way better definitions out there for it. Um, but so, so decentralized Web is a good way, a decent way to say it, to say what, what Web3 is? Yeah, but I think that's a little too limiting. Okay. Um, that's part of it. Um, so let's go with where we're at now, right? You have Web 2. We we have the app situation. So again, there's a lot of different factors that can go into what Web 3 is. Let me let me give my definition first, and then we'll go back and sort of define things um, clearer. So somebody asked me what Web 3 is. I give sort of more of an analogy, like uh, let's take the Facebook again. Right okay. now... With Web2, you log into Facebook, you give them a username, you give them a password, right? That unlocks an account on their servers where you shove in all this data, Mm -hmm. right? You put your posts, your pictures, your locations, all this information you put up there, your followers, who you follow. That's all sitting on their server. You have this username and password, and every time you log in, what you're really doing is asking Facebook for permission. Hey, Facebook, can I go see my content? Yeah. Can I go share information with my followers? Can I see stuff from the people I follow? Yeah. And they're either going to tell you yes or no. Yeah. Right? That's Web 2. Yeah. Web 3 flips that on its head. Mm -hmm. And now, under a Web 3 model, when you go log in, you don't log into Facebook. Facebook... It's like logs a bad 80s you. joke. Facebook logs into you. <laughs> um, you've got mail. <laughs> but that's how it works, right? So if you've ever used something like MetaMask um, for any kind of decentralized application, that's what's mm-hmm. happening. You go to the website, and the website isn't asking you for login credentials. Your wallet pops open and it tells you, it gives you a warning like, hey, this website right here is trying to access your content, your followers, all this information about you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to let them log into your information? And you can just say, yep, or no. Mm-hmm. So they're signing into your account. But think about what that really means. It means that your content isn't sitting on Facebook server, it's sitting on your own stuff. Your followers aren't sitting on Facebook server, they're sitting on your own. Um, so does that mean that like we are going to need to be having like outside hard storage like because um, right now they store everything for us like mm-hmm. I don't know I kind of think of it like back in the day 
in my day, <laughs> we used to have like actual cameras with like an SD card with which, right. which held our photos. But now we just put, we take them from our phone and put them into Facebook. And okay, cool, Facebook's holding them, so we can just keep taking unlimited amounts of photos. So I guess my question would be, if if, it, if we flip it around with Web three, are we going to have to be have like this huge like um, storage block? To, like hold our own stuff yes and no that's a awesome analogy actually so oh, when you, you hear me modify it and take it and steal it i'll <laughs> i'll give you a little shout out every time oh thank you um but yes that's that's a, a, a perfect example we used to take a photo you used to store it on your sd card or take the actual photo if you had a polaroid and just keep the picture um mm -hmm. uh, now Right, you just upload it to the cloud. There is right. no storage. But when that cloud goes down, you've yeah. lost everything. Yeah. Right. Um, so how this works, how Web three model would work, is similar. You could and should custody your own stuff, just like if you run a Bitcoin node or if you run an Ethereum node or you run your own node. Period. Mm -hmm. um, you maintain all your data, right? Yeah. But a lot of people don't, but they can still use Bitcoin. Right. And that's because all that data is shared on this huge network of thousands and thousands of nodes. And, you know, for clarity, nodes are just like what you said. It's like an SD card. It's just a little hard drive, but it's at your house. Right. Right. Um, so like Noster is a social media network on the come up. Now, this is not blockchain based because everything doesn't need to be built on a blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, but Noster runs just like we're talking about. And that would be technically Web3. Right. You store your own information. You have a public-private key, just like you do if you have, you know, some crypto. Your public key is your, how everybody finds you. Those followers follow your key, not your server location like they do with Facebook. Mm. So if I'm on Noster and I'm not hosting my own node and whoever's hosting the node decides to deplatform me, right, say yeah. I can't go through them, yeah. I can just run through a different set of nodes and I don't lose anything or because my followers are following or I can run my own node and they're following my my username, my public key. Mm -hmm. They're not following what Facebook told them is my identity. Oh, that makes sense. So is that kind of so is that what everyone I see people with names like, um, I don't know, let's say Ashley Rose dot ETH. Is that what they would be following? Yes, that's a little bit different of a platform okay. than Nostra, but yes, that's another but way of like looking. But that is also Web3, right? So you have ENS domains, which is just a th in traditional web. In Web2, you have what's called DNS, right? A domain name service. Right. And so when you want to do the blockument.com, right. that's a DNS. I have to go to a company that resells domain names. Mm -hmm. You know, ICANN is this organization. It's a centralized organization that handles every domain name in the Web2 space, .coms, .orgs, .bizzes, .everything, right? They handle it all, but then you have places like GoDaddy or Bluehost or whatever who resell those names, and they sort of take care of mm. who owns what domain at, the, at a, any given time. Mm -hmm. So that's Web2 model. Yeah. But again, GoDaddy or ICANN could shut me down at any given moment. Yeah. Now you have... Ethereum name service, ENS, which you were just talking about, the mm -hmm. .eth names, which is basically that, but it's built on a smart contract. So that's ICANN, it's a mixture of ICANN and GoDaddy without ICANN or GoDaddy. Okay. And so you can go get a, like I have NateT313.eth, oh. right? 
So I can use that for my domain name. I can use that as my public address for sending me money. Mm -hmm. I can use that for anything I want to use it for, and it follows me. So it could also, so just to clarify, it could also substitute that long string of letters and numbers for your wallet. Right. Okay. Yep. Instead of trying to send a wallet to zero x, blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just be like, send it to Nate. T313.eth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't send it there because I don't tie it to my wallet. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, we'll let you know when you can. No, I'm kidding. Yep. <laughs> they um that's that's another example of web three, right? Yeah. It it takes the power of something that used to be centralized and makes it decentralized. Yeah. Um but not just decentralized, it makes it um I think a better terminology is you're taking these applications um and making them permissionless and trustless as possible yeah right? it sounds a lot like the like people are taking back their own power over their information and right their life essentially because that's yeah it allows you to control your data there's a big talk there's a lot more talk now about owning your data yeah and being able to usually to monetize it which is sort of dumb because you know your data alone isn't worth very much yeah. um but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to control it and who uses it, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're making big bank off of it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of talk around that kind of stuff. And if you want, if uh, Google or whoever wants to use all my information, they have to get my permission for it. Maybe I charge them something. It would be fractions of a penny or something, yeah. but, you know, whatever. Maybe I charge them for it. But if, at the end of the day, if the point is I should get to choose how my data that I didn't explicitly give to them they should have to be, especially if they're making money off of it. Yeah. That's one thing. And this is where that Web 2 sort of shifted, right? Web 1, people talk about Web 3 being decentralized, and that's sort of the key. But Web 1 was decentralized. The Internet is a decentralized, essentially, um, platform. Because, like, nobody owns it. Yeah. Right? I mean, once you can get past, like, the seven companies that control the actual, the actual lines that connect the Internet, once, yeah, you, get, once you can get past that <laughs> piece, other than that, yeah, it's, it's pretty decentralized. Anybody can run, like, email. Anybody can run their own email server. You don't need to use Google or Yahoo or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can run your own email server right from your closet. Hmm. If you got a computer and the – well, it's just nobody wants to do it. Yeah. Um, but you could. And then that – people's lack of wanting to – take the responsibility and the um, the workload of having a decentralized and taking control of your own stuff led to data centers and the Googles and the Facebooks and all that of the world mm. who then harness all your data mm -hmm. to make your life more convenient. So our own laziness was our demise. That's usually the, the <laughs> way it works. Just clarifying. Mm -hmm. That's usually the way it works. So ultimately, that's like the big picture of what Web3 is. And So if mm -hmm. we had to like give it like one or two sentences, what can I go forth with if someone's like, oh, Web3, and I'm like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like what is the blah, blah? I could tell them. Yeah, I mean, it's basically control, control your information. So Web3 is control over our information. Our own yeah, control over your digital, let's say your digital property. So it doesn't look any different in a sense than like Web 2. It's not like um, like a virtual reality with like holograms and like. No, it doesn't. It's just all about owning our it's own. It's who controls it. So like like Web, like you brought up the metaverse earlier. Um, 
for me, the metaverse is part of Web3. There's two metaverse, there's two everything. There's the ones that centralized small or small cartel parties control. And then there's the part where it's controlled by the community that participates in it. Right? Okay. So again, using Facebook as the model, even though everything fits the same model, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Facebook, Meta, the company, controls anything that happens on the Facebook platform. They don't like it, they cut it off. They do like yeah. it, they let it go, but then they also control what happens with the information they have. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to disclose to you what you're doing, and a lot of times they do, but it's in that long terms of service. Who reads that? Yeah, nobody. We all just right? boop. Now, as a as a hot tip, if you have access to ChatGPT and you want to know oh, what some yeah. of these are, copy the terms of service, paste it into ChatGPT. You might have to do it section by section because it's pretty long, and ask it to just be like, give me a two-sentence summary of this section. Mm -mm -mm. If you want to know what it's saying and don't have time to read it or they want to, mm -hmm. and then that's also a business idea. It's going to be good. I'm sure people will give you all their free information <laughs> just <Yeah>. to uh, <laughs> figure out what a terms of service does. but. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to read that, and so you don't know what Facebook's really doing with your data. Versus the other model, like the Noster model, mm -hmm. right, where it's everybody is their own Facebook. Just like with Bitcoin, everybody's your own bank. It's mm -hmm. a bank in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Well, with like Noster or any of the any platform that's built like this, it's like having your own social network in your pocket because you run your, your network. Like it's so decentralized based on who you sort of relay through, just like mm -hmm. with you, just like when you do uh, transactions with nodes or whatever, mm -hmm. it depends on who you relay through. You might look at your following count and you might think you have, you know, 6,000 followers. Yeah. I look at your account and I see like 7,200 followers and that's just because the relays are going through. You know what I mean? It's all mm -hmm. different. So it really, it's, it's a dynamic system that no one party has can control or stop um so that's really the the difference so when you talk about like the metaverse you have facebook's metaverse meta where you throw in some 3d goggles you walk into this like virtual sort of hellscape <laughs> right mm -hmm. um and then everything you do there facebook takes 50 percent of plus they're tracking everything you do down to your eyeball movements yeah. At this point, right? Because yeah. the new goggles yeah. and all that track what you're looking at. So your eyes move in the virtual space. So yeah. they're running all that data and they got full control. Or you can go to a platform like if you want that same type of experience, but without the Facebook control, you might move to something like a Decentraland, mm -hmm. right? Where um, that's more of a community run organization. People who um, own land are the ones who get to say and how sort of the management of the land works. Yeah. The users um, get to sort of determine what features there are and aren't. And the best part, which is what makes it really different, which is it's all open source. And so you can look and see what it's doing with the information. Hmm. You got every set of eyeballs in the world that understands to look at the code, can yeah. look at the code and be like, nope, nope, nope. That's sending data to here, and that's yeah. sending data to here. You're violating some stuff. But since it's community-owned, the community can just change yeah. the code. like they can check it, keep mm -hmm. it in check. Right. You can't go check the code on Facebook. Right. Right? It is what <laughs> it is. I don't think so, yeah. At best, you can do is check out what the HTML is if you know how to you know, view source code on your web browser. Mm, but yeah. you can't see what it's really doing on the back end. You yeah. can't see all those 
um, delightful oh, wow. evils. Um, so that's really what Web3 is. It's not just about the blockchain space. It's about anything you do, particularly in the digital realm, where you um, you want to shift control. Who controls the flow of information? Am I asking them for permission, or are they asking me for permission? Yeah. So that's um, kind of interesting, because then what incentive do current big businesses using the Web 2 model have for switching to Web 3? Like, if that's the way things are going to Web 3, like, what's the incentive there? Because it sounds like they would be losing access to information that they are currently profiting off of. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just like, uh, why would they, why would, why would they want to, like, if I, if I were Meta or Facebook, I'd be like, no, no, Web3 is stupid. We're not doing that. They wouldn't. You're right. They wouldn't. It's but, like but, saying with Bitcoin, why, why would banks want to, why would governments or central banks want to use Bitcoin? They wouldn't. Not if they already control the monetary system. Right. So Google's it, not going to want to just shift over all their power, but. It's not up to them. Right. At the end of the day, it shouldn't be up to them. And that's who, when you're hearing these battles that are getting fought, and there's a lot of battles getting fought currently at this block height, right? Yeah. Um, then it's really up to the people and whether they got the people have to decide what kind of future they want. They can either live yeah. in that sort of dystopian hellscape where Hunger Games or Ready Player One become a reality. Yeah. And we're just living under the sort of governmental thumb of whatever. Or they can live in a different future where at least you take some of these essential centralizing powers away from them and you fight to at least live a little bit longer before, you know, ChatGPT takes over. Which, then, you know, that's a different battle. But, um... So this would almost be kind of like a, um, I don't want to use the word like charity, but like a, okay, a humanity project. So like if I wanted to build a Web3 company, mm -hmm. I would have to basically be just like kind of a humanitarian because I'm not going to make money off of that. So it'd no, just be just, that's not true. That's okay. not true. You can't make money off of it. There's nothing wrong with capitalism. There's nothing wrong with making money off of it. Well, things. yeah, I'm not saying there we is. We do I'm have to. Like how? I know, but that's sort of the, the idea of open source. So... Again, a lot of people talk about when they, especially when they're talking about like crypto stuff, they're like, well, decentralization is the whole point. And, you know, I've been fighting this battle for about two years. Decentralization yeah. is not the whole point. Decentralization is important. It's the method to achieve your end goals. But we've had decentralization for like a couple of decades. Bitcoin's only been around for 14 years. So we've had decentralization. If you ever did a torrent, you know, downloading oh, yeah. the movies, that was, like that was decentralized, wire? like LimeWire. <laughs> That was period to period. That was decentral. Now it had a centralization focus yeah. <laughs> on where who pointed at all the links, which was the problem. That's the problem Bitcoin solved. How do you get rid of that one weakness in the whole decentralized system? Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, we've had decentralization forever. I mean, the U.S. was founded on decentralization. The federal government is and always has been, has been, multiple separate sovereign states mm -hmm. who come together in a time of need to do functions that none of the individual states, or at least most of those individual states, could do on their own, like fight a war. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? One country couldn't take on Mexico. One state couldn't take on Mexico. But all of us together, mm -hmm. united, we stand. Well, that's mm -hmm. decentralization. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is a decentralized project. Yeah. That's suffering now from a centralization effort. This is that sort of talk you hear, and, you know, not to get into an offside topic, but it's a proof of, like, decentralization <laughs> yeah. ain't no, the point, right? that's such a cool, like, concept to, like, cross those two together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously, as you're saying it, I'm like, yes. Right. So decentralization isn't the point. The point is we need a system that anybody can participate in, right, without a small cabal of individuals deciding we don't like and we've seen that throughout history that's happened with like sexism racism classism every ism in the world right mm -hmm. you're not part of us you don't get to participate and they mm -hmm. just cut you off mm -hmm. permission permissionless means they can't cut you off even if they make it extremely difficult there's a way for you to still participate because they can't they don't control that right and then trustlessness right you need permissionless and you need trustlessness which means you don't it doesn't mean you don't trust anybody although that's a good way to proceed, right? Let people earn that trust. <laughs> yeah. But it means you don't have to trust anybody. Again, right. if you're looking at like a Bitcoin model, why it works isn't because nobody trusts each other. It's because you don't have to. If you run yeah. your own node, yeah. you have the truth in front of you that consensus tells you is true. A whole bunch of competing entities all agree. Uh, the, my, one of my favorite slogans for like a Bitcoin is it's money for enemies. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, because it doesn't matter how much we hate each other, we yeah. can't mess with our money. We can't mess with the other's money supply. Yeah, um, that's the point. And open source drives that, right? The fact that here's some software, and anybody can use it, modify it, do with what they want to. So WordPress is an example of that, right? WordPress was is runs. I don't know what the current numbers are, but back in my web days, it was like 85% of the internet. Like any website you went to that wasn't like a top 20 or 50 website yeah. was almost parts of it at very least were run by a WordPress um, um, software. Okay. Um, but there's businesses built on top of that that make tons of profit. Right? Yeah. There are WordPress businesses. There's developers who charge and install WordPress, this free thing. There's developers who build plugins and modules and themes and design layouts, and they charge for all that stuff. Those are businesses built on this open source thing. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason you can't make money. So for an example, let's say you, you built your Facebook model, because we'll just stick with the same theme all day, right? <laughs> okay. Um, you, built, we, you, you build the underlying software which is permissionless and open source but you build that and then because you know it best you build a front face for it okay. the web interface now if I'm really technically savvy I don't need that front face I can probably work and figure out how to interact with it directly through some scripting platform right mm -hmm. but that's not 99% of people they need mm -hmm. some kind of user interface yeah. and you've built an interface that flows smoothly and seamlessly with it and you either charge when they interact with that platform with your interface mm -hmm. maybe you charge advertising right yeah. that I'll only see if I'm on your platform right now 
I might build a competing platform. We're both using the same open source back engine, but my interface is different. Mm -hmm. And you choose to run an ad model to make money off of it. So when, when somebody is viewing it, they see ads in between the posts. When they view my model, well, I charge $1.99 a month. No ads, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we both are businesses, and we yeah. just have different business models. Yeah. And one of them is going to be successful, and one of them may not be successful. Yeah. Right? So there's tons of room to make money in business. The thing is you need core infrastructure at its base. And it's not going to be appropriate for everything. Some things aren't going to be Web 3. Some things will stay, you know, traditional Web 2. Mm -hmm. um, at least for now. Yeah. But as time moves forward, you know what I mean, the more and more we get our, our lives interact digitally, the more likely it is, you know, we're going to want to take ownership of that. And that can only be done in using that Web3 as a general terminology. That's what Web3 is about, taking ownership of particularly your digital property and identities and whatnot. Okay. So, so what I've gathered so far is that Web3 is control over data, and it's permissionless and trustless. Mm -hmm. And is it open source? I wrote that down yeah. with a question. You can't, it can't be permissionless or trustless if it's not open source. Okay. These are all like stacked Legos. And again, this is like why decentralization is an end result, yeah. not a, like, like it's like there's unintended like consequences. Yeah. Um, right. First, you have to build something that anybody can access, right? That's the open source transparent piece. Mm hmm then once you have that piece built on, you, um, because anybody can do it, that makes it permissionless because even if I take a version of it and build this wall around it, mm -hmm. right, nobody has to use it. I can go grab that open source code yeah. and make it without the moat. And people are more likely to flow to the one without the moat around it than they are to flow to the one with the moat around yeah. it, right? Um, then someplace in there, in that core stack, you you should be considering some level of privacy, right? That's a part that nobody, not very few people take serious, especially in the crypto industry. Um, you know, there are a few, and those are usually, they all migrate right to your privacy coins, which, you know, there's arguments and pros and cons for all that stuff, but if you're flowing to a Zcash or a Monero or like a secret network or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they prioritize privacy. Uh, privacy over everything so that needs to be built in because you don't want your you know and the web 3 front so you have decentralized identities DIDs mm. is the abbreviation you'll see so you if you see a lot of people who are using the word did mm -hmm. in context that doesn't make sense right <laughs> okay it's like uh, you know if I didn't have my did then blah 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 you like what the hell they're talking about did <laughs> is decentralized identity right okay um but like that's an example of like why you want privacy in a Web3 spot because you got, right, you're Ashley Rose. Yes, I am. Is that your identity? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. That's just an identifier. It's one way people identify you, yeah. but it's not your identity, yeah. right? You also got your full legal name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got a child, your mommy, that's another identifier. These are all these different roles. You go to a job, you have this this identifier, right? Yeah. 
you don't have your identity is this widespread thing. Yeah. And one thing people have seen over, especially it was prominent pre-COVID. I haven't heard, I guess, because all the worker shortages, they're not prowling the same way they used to. But you used to like not get a job because it's something you posted to Facebook or Twitter seven years before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. When you were like 16. Yeah. Now you're 24. Look for a job. Like, "Eh, is that you? (laughs) You're like, damn. I right. Know, yeah. So why should your identities have to be crossed where anybody can look for it? Why should a job be able to see your non-work related identifiers? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like why privacy is sort of important. Yeah. And a Web3 structure is important because that gives you full control over which identity is tied directly to your government identity, which is something like a bank or government or a job might be looking at. Right. How you act on Twitter doesn't for most people, I would say, as bold as they are in a platform like Twitter, that's nothing like they act like in real life. Yeah, And, you know, some people be like, well, screw them. They should be judged for all of it until, you know, that finger points at you for something. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you should have that power to be able to be like, this is this identity and I don't tie it to this identity. And Web3 is how you do it. But if all of your identities are based off of an email. Right. Yeah. Through like Gmail, who can see everything about you. Yeah. And then you have an Amazon account going to that because your Amazon account's mm-hmm. tied to your email. Yes. And there's your address and your name, and your Facebook account's tied to your email, mm-hmm. and that has all your friend networks and mm-hmm. pictures and everything. Well, then it doesn't matter if you use different aliases on yeah. these sites. The sites know who you are, and then they sell that debt off. Yeah. So Web three shifts all of that back to you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Web three. So would you say Web3 is to, I don't know if this even relates, is to limit barrier to entries? Or do you think that it, like, adds more barriers to entry in terms of, like, um, controlling data, permissionless, trustless? Is it, like, something that is going to be, like, difficult to learn? Like, okay, so, for example, they say, like, Bitcoin. Oh, people are like, it's it's difficult to learn. It's hard to learn how to use it. Do you think that this is going to be, like, a big learning curve, like how... Bitcoin is or yeah I think a problem with at the end of the day no right but there's an adoption curve there's always an adoption curve money was hard for people to figure out how to use when money first came about because they were used to just sort of running off this debt system Mm -hmm. right community debt so now it's like what do you mean I got to give you this rock or these grains for whatever um but that's you know a downside of this area of technology is that because it's so closely intermingled with money, mm-hmm. people get ahead of the curve. We're building things we shouldn't even be thinking about yet because we haven't got the core la- layer down. When the you know, There's a lot of cross-comparison always with uh, the blockchain space and traditional internet. Right, mm-hmm. where they were like, well, you got TCIP, which is a core layer, and then you got like the HTTP, and, H- and then you got your SSO with the little green lock for your banking sites. Then you got web, you got all this other stuff, right? Where that stuff got developed first. First, somebody there was a lot of people working on a, the 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 basic infrastructure model, which TCPIP won out on, right? Um. Now imagine a world where in the, like, 
I don't know exactly what year all this was done, let's say the 70s, right? And they were really working on the TCPIP model, um, 60s and 70s. They were working on it, and somebody in the room was like, this is going to be awesome. And they're like, yeah, because we'll be able to take a message, right, and write it and just wire it to somebody on the other side of the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine, like, if you could do, like, social media. Mm -hmm. And while they're still working on TCPIP, a whole slew of the community leaves and goes and works on Facebook. Yeah. We're not ready for Facebook. Yeah. Well, same thing's true with crypto. We're not ready for 99% of the stuff we're building. We haven't figured out... Bitcoin is the most simple of all the models out there. It's just basic, okay. right? Mm-hmm. We haven't mastered that. We haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> yeah. But we're building complex financial derivative schemes. Yeah. Um, and social media, and you're trying to tie all this stuff up. Like, we're probably ahead of the curve. And so, yes, to answer your question, that is going to be a curve because... Before we master anything, we're on to the next innovation. Ooh, look, this could be even more cool. Yeah. So that's a holdup. But once we either rein that back Mm -hmm. or we get enough fresh blood injected that's just primarily focused on UX, user experience. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about what's the hottest new technology trend. They're not worried about trying to be the cutting edge and cut out. You know, you had ETH was the Bitcoin killer. You've had about 5,000 ETH killers. Then the ETH killers had killer, killer. You know, I'm going <laughs> to, um, everybody's killing something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. One day somebody will come in and they're not going to be worried about all that. They're just going to be worried about how best do we interact with users for this piece. And once you get that, then the onboarding becomes really, really easy. In my example, the, I think the best example that we have, a real world example using crypto is Reddit. Reddit was genius in how they applied it because they had their little avatars. Reddit, outside of crypto Reddit, mm-hmm. most spaces in Reddit hated NFTs. Like, if you just brought up an NFT, they the, the mods would ban you. Like, don't <laughs> oh, wow. talk about NFTs. That's garbage, yeah. right? Then Reddit runs this platform where... um um. A majority of the users get these cool little neat avatars that they own Mm -hmm. and can do whatever. And they can sell them on secondary market. They can do whatever they want because they own the actual thing. It's literally an NFT. If you look at the terms of service, it defines NFT, but they never call it an NFT. Mm -hmm. I think in the terms, it uses the word blockchain twice, (laughs) right? And everybody's on board because people want to own their digital stuff. Yeah. That's at the it end of the just, day. Yeah, sometimes sometimes some things just need like a remarketing. Like mm-hmm. just, yep. They, they don't know the, that they want it until it's like set in a different way. Yeah, and get the the get them the finance bros out of there. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean the money part is important, um, but it can't be the front run. Nothing would work. Imagine Amazon. Who would hop on Amazon if all you ever heard about Amazon was about how yeah, Amazon's cool. It's this, it's this book or something company. But man, stock and price mm. and buy and sell and buy. It's like Amazon would never catch on if that's all the public heard about yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. You got to have some other kind of utility that you can push that's easy for people to use. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a lot of problems. 
Um, so the adoption will be hard, but hopefully we can bring in enough UX people yeah. to solve it. And once you get that, like I said, I think there is an innate nature where people want. I used to do sales, and we had the uh, Fuji factors, right? Fuji factors, F-U-G-I, stood for fear of loss, okay. urgency, greed, and indifference. And you, those were the two things you had to use this mixture of. That's how you sold. Right. And the most powerful one, one of the most powerful ones was fear of loss. Mm -hmm. Like when you're selling something to somebody, you give it to them, mm -hmm. you let them hold it. Yeah. They got to touch it because yeah. then they feel this ownership of it. Yeah. And then when they, as soon as they sign, show some kind of sign of not being interested, you're like, all right, well, it's not a problem. <laughs> and you like literally you start to take it from them and they resist that. They'll all, yeah. Somebody will always resist you taking something out their hands. Yeah. And that's how you know you got them. If they let you grab it, well, they, they really weren't interested. Yeah. Don't waste any more time. But if they cling down to it at all, oh, oh wow. I just I just haven't found the right cell for yeah. you, right? Um, and that's how digital stuff is. We live in again. I steal this all the time. I don't know who I stole it from, but you know they were talking about their phone and the metaverse, and like we already live in the metaverse. It's just two D, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. People want to own all of this stuff. How do we bring it out? That's sort of what NFTs can help, or inscriptions if you're in the Bitcoin world, and what Web3 can unlock. So or, it's a pretty big deal if you're like a content creator, too, or if you're any sort of creator at all. Yeah. Right? Because then you would own that instead of like posting it on like a TikTok, and TikTok owns it, or a Facebook, and Facebook owns it. It would be like, I own it. I will loan it to you for X amount of dollars, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. If you're or an sets. influencer, look at <laughs> look at all the influencer disruptions. Uh, Twitch has been having a bunch of problems because between the content creators and Twitch's what they want their model to be. Mm -hmm. But Twitch doesn't generate content; the creators do. Right. And now they want to moderate how, the, so that it causes this natural riff. Um, same thing happened with uh, what's the thing every everybody got on with uh, COVID there the. Uh, no, no. The, uh, oh yeah, Zoom too, but uh, no fan page, fan something, oh, only, fans, only fans, that thing. Yep. Um, same thing happened, right? Only fans and the creators have all these mm -hmm. rubs, and that's because you have. This happens true with most businesses, right? There's this, there's this innate uh, opposition in these business partnerships. You know, my background is in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. The You would think there's all this alignment. If you're an artist and I'm a label, we both want to sell a bunch of records. Right. But we, we sort of don't. Like, if I'm the label and you're the artist, you want to sell a bunch of your records. Yeah. I'm a label. I just want to make a bunch of money, and your records may or may not do it for me. Mm -hmm. And then, again, that's all of a sudden it drives this clash yeah. and that's why you have all these disputes yeah well you're both going after the same thing which is the money and but how you want to get there is different yeah people get greedy and, yeah. but that's one of the things web 3 that's another sort of broad definition of what web 3 can do because if everybody's an owner let's again use the social media network right mm -hmm. if everybody who controls that if there is nobody who has control of it Right? And it's mm -hmm. the users because mm -hmm. there is no other central entity. And if there's no users, there's there's no entity. There's nothing there anyway. Yeah. So the people who use the network, since there is no central authority telling you how to use it, mm -hmm. they sort of create their own community 
and how it's used. Yeah. And this is seen on a protocol level in the blockchain space, especially with all the protocols. But like, again, I'll always go to Bitcoin because it's the easiest to sort of comprehend. Bitcoin isn't special because of a blockchain. Bitcoin's right. not special because of any one technological thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's special because it was built, there's this network of individuals who have a common belief system. Mm -hmm. Not, not a broad belief system, a very singular belief system, right? Mm -hmm. Money should be independent from any other central entity, especially a state. Yes. That's really the only binding bridge Bitcoiners have. And that's why you see a lot of infighting in the Bitcoin community, because they disagree on everything else. I've met socialist Bitcoiners. Yeah. I've met libertarian Bitcoiners. I've met Republican, Democratic. There's, they don't agree on nothing else <laughs> besides yeah. money should be independently controlled, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's sort of what Web3 is. is It's a community of individuals who have these common beliefs. And if you have a network on the technical level that allows the permissionless aspects of it, then people who want to participate control what that looks like. And maybe it's garbage and you to you and you go do something else. Or maybe you're part of the community and you have a voice in how it's run. But yeah. nobody has a voice in how Facebook's run. You think they care what you think? No, no. I don't. Um, so as we come close to our time, mm -hmm. I didn't even know think we'd be able to fill up a whole hour with the Web3 conversation. Oh, but I came at you with the question. <laughs> you did. Don't worry. So <laughs> let's, let's end how we started. How, in a couple sentences, how would you explain what Web3 is? Well, first of all, I'm sure um, I would be like, it's not that fancy, so just relax. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I would say um, it's control over our data. It's permissionless. It's trustless. It's open source. And it's uh, to help our privacy. All right. All right. Well, hopefully it's to help our privacy. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> but yes, exactly that. I think that's a much better answer, especially the first half. It's exciting, but it ain't that big of a deal. Like the VCs yeah. make it to be. Calm down. Yeah, well, because I was like, cool, we're going to come in here and we're going to talk about all this, like, really fancy stuff and it's going to be so great. And then I, and I, and I should have known because that's exactly what happens basically every time I'm like, something's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because it's cool because of what it can do, but it's, yeah. the process is fairly straightforward and simple. Yeah. It's just one of the things you said. Yeah. The adoption curve and are we, a, are we ahead of where we really should be? Yeah. Um, so... That wraps up our live segment for today, yes. right? Um, stick around, though. Well, once we end this, well, you can't stick around, but check out on YouTube. Look for our after show. Yeah, because I have more questions. Good. Well, we're going <laughs> to answer those on the after show, so an extra little 10, 20 minutes or, or so of content, um, only available on YouTube. So go check us out on The Blockument on YouTube. And for more information on this show and everything else we're doing, you can check us out on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Theblockument.com. Yep. All the things. All the things. That's all, all the at the blockument. That we just talked about that we're not. That's right. Uh, Web3, we'll call it. <laughs> yep. If you want more information about the show, because I hear that a lot, like oh. I, I, we hear it, but we want to get more information on it. Can you share more? How do I learn more? Mm. Go to theblockument.com. Yes. That has every single episode we've done. And although sometimes I might get a little bit behind, but we're, we're about to bring on 
an awesome producer that we'll introduce y'all to next yeah. time who's going to help me stay up on all the content. But you can go to theblockument.com. Every episode is there, a link to the different services you can view us on or, or hear us on, plus resources that dig yes. into all the topics we talked about. So if you want more information based off what we gave you, go to theblockument.com, click around, get the information. Yes. All right? All right. So that's it. I'll talk to everybody soon. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. I'll yeah. see you in a couple minutes on the other side. All right. Sounds good. All right.